So I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and I think it's, I think it's probably okay. Um, I, I kind of feel like maybe that, that everybody should know um, what's, what's going on. There's, uh, see, there's this, there's this pastor in our county, and uh, you really want to know what I have to say, don't you? Some of you are shaking your head no. Some of you, I saw you lean in, are like, what? What is he going to say? Um, so during World War II, the United States government became concerned that a number of German spies were operating in America, sending information back to Germany regarding Allied war plans and specific troop and ship movements. To keep them from impacting the war effort, the Office of War Information launched a national campaign around the slogan. Does anybody know the slogan? Yes, loose lips sink ships. It was a solemn warning to people not to repeat information that might be damaging or even deadly if it fell into the wrong hands. Essentially gossip. Uh, we do this more than what we think. Even, even me, as I've been preparing for this and listening to my own conversations, I've, I've been cautious because... Um, we do this way more than we realize. It's all over the place. I mean, we're infected with, with gossip. And, and we, when you look for it, you see it everywhere. Um, gossip is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. That's the dictionary's definition. Uh, my definition is this morning, gossip is sharing unhelpful and or unnecessary information about someone who isn't present. We're sharing what doesn't need to be shared. Uh, but for many of us, we, we just don't think about it. We, we don't think it's that big of a deal. We understand gossip. We know gossip. We know what it is. It's something that we do in our life. We do it in our conversation. And we just carry it around like gossip is some little pet sin that, that it's just okay. You know, it's okay to stroke it and feed it and take care of it. I mean, gossip isn't like greed. It, it, it isn't like I'm hating God or anything. Gossip isn't that big of a deal. I mean, the sins in a list that I read this week that Paul sends to the church in Rome, they're bad ones. He starts by saying that there's, there are people who have turned their backs to God, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him. Uh, go, Roy, go ahead and put that up there. Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 29 through 30. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Wow, man, am I glad that I'm not any of those things. I mean, that is an ugly, ugly list, right? Whew! But if you have those two verses memorized, or you looked them up, and you're going, wait a minute, that's not quite right, and it's not. I took liberties with that one. Roy, put up the actual one. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Well, now, you're saying gossip is, is in line with 
Hating God and murder and strife, that's what Paul is saying. So we can't just pretend that it's no big deal. I mean, have you ever stopped to think that gossip is in the same list as murder? I mean, really? I mean, that's, that's jarring to me. Gossip doesn't even seem like it's on the same playing field. I mean, we kind of know how destructive gossip is, but really, I mean, it's, it's not that big a deal, right? Ah, so I tell a few stories about somebody or talk about somebody behind their back. What you're saying, I should never, ever do that. Paul puts these in the same list as dishonoring God. And this is what people who don't know, know Jesus do. They gossip. It's, it's a big deal to God. This morning, um, we're going to look through Proverbs. And you can look these up if you want, but I'm going to just go ahead and put them on the screen because we're going to be all over the place. The book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings, mostly from King Solomon, who was the wisest man to ever live. Uh, King Solomon asked for that, and God granted it to him. Uh, he was given uh, wisdom. Uh, one verse in, in Proverbs will be about our words. The next will be about comparison. The next will be about envy. The next will be about greed. And the very next will be about gossip. And this morning we're tackling gossip. So I want to start with the why. Why do we gossip? And, and you're going to see that this is biblical. The, the Bible is dead on here. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. It describes why we gossip. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. I mean, they're like choice morsels, right? Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch Kids. I, they are so addictive. I mean, I start, sometimes Sarah, she's tried hiding them from me. I mean, we, I like these so much that we buy them in three-pound bags. If you could go, if you could go to Z&W and buy a hundred-pound bag of these, I would probably do it. They sit right in the cupboard. I know exactly where they are. I go in, I take a handful. Now, I've, 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 tried, I've tried buying just a box of small bags, you know, to sort of limit myself to one bag a day. Doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. They are, they're so good to me. But, but look, it's, it's the same thing with gossip, right? Proverbs says it. They're like tasty morsels. We, we crave it. We, we want it. We, we want to hear it. Um, so, um, this is what Solomon compares gossip to. Tasty morsels. Because gossip is enjoyable. We gossip because it's enjoyable. In fact, we enjoy listening to gossip so much that last year TMZ made $126 million on gossip. That's, that's the only point of, of that company is, is the production of gossip, $126 million last year. And it's, it's because whenever anyone gossips, we enjoy, we enjoy listening to it, right? Whenever, whenever someone's like, hey, did you hear what she said? And you're like, no, what? What did she say? I mean, really, what did she say? Tell me. Tell me more. I want to hear it. Mm. Man, these are good. 
I didn't practice this, though. <laughs> Maybe popcorn would have been easier. But see, popcorn dries your mouth out, so it would have been sort of the same, but opposite. <laughs> Careful. I mean, we enjoy gossip like I enjoy these things, right? Just give me a one, and then give me another. Give me a little more information. Give me something else. So, Social Neuroscience Magazine says this. This is scientifically proven that this is true. Scientists, and I quote, looked at brain imaging of people as they heard gossip. The study found that the caudate nucleus, which is the reward center in your brain, was specifically activated in response to negative gossip. Subjects seem to be amused or entertained by scandals. The caudate nucleus, listen to this, also lights up in response to things like romantic encounters or eating candy. That's science. The Bible knows what it's talking about. Imagine that. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Isn't that interesting? Another reason we gossip is because gossip makes us feel we're better than the person next to us. Right? It, it makes us feel like we're better people. In fact, it goes hand in hand with the message from a, a couple weeks ago where we talked about comparison. Because see, when, whenever we struggle with comparison, it turns our life into a competition. And whenever our life is a competition, what ends up happening is we actually enjoy when other people fail. We wouldn't say it out loud, but inside of us, we're thinking, yep, nice. So, so I, I gave the disc golf illustration a couple weeks ago, and I've been getting sort of poked by that quite a bit here lately. You know, hey, you want to go play? But it's not a competition, you know. Um, so my wife and I, the last couple days, have been playing hand and foot, and of course, it is a competition. But I've been very, very careful. She blew my doors off two nights ago. I mean, there was just... I wasn't upset. I wasn't angry. I was practicing deep breathing and relaxing. <laughs> See, because what needs to happen is we need to be conscious that we do these things. You know, it's like before you try to pour, uh, point out the, the sliver or the sticker in somebody else's eye, you need to get the board out of your own, right? Uh, we need to obey that. We need to follow that. Um, but we enjoy gossip because when we hear other people sin, it makes us feel better about ourselves because we think, well, that didn't happen to me. Well, my marriage isn't a mess. You know, we, we start saying things like that. We enjoy hearing maybe that other people are struggling financially because it's a reminder to us that we're actually doing better than they are, right? That's another reason we enjoy gossip. A third reason we gossip is because gossip makes us feel like we are important. Like, right, I've got information that you don't. And, and I'm going to tell you. I mean, wow, what a privilege for you right? Or, or the opposite. A person comes to us with some information about somebody else, and we're like, wow, they, they think I'm, you know, important enough to tell me this information. And, and we begin to see it on that side. But, but what they're really telling you is, I have no problem talking about someone else 
behind their back, which means what, right? Sometime in the future, though you thought you were important, they're going to talk about you behind your back. And, and not only that, but they, they basically see people's lives and people's situations as entertainment. I, I'm getting my thrills out of this. And then another reason that we gossip is because it's easy. It's, it's an easy conversation. It, it comes so much easier. It's so much easier to talk about other people's stuff, other people's problems, other people's mistakes, than it is to sit down with somebody and say, hey, man, oh, I'm just really struggling in, in my marriage right now. I, I just, I said some stupid things, and, and saying I'm sorry is really hard for me, and, and I just, right? It, it, it's a whole lot easier to talk about somebody else and their failures than it is for us to talk about our own. Hey, what have you been learning about God recently? When's the last time you asked a, a friend that question? Hey, is God teaching you anything these days? I mean, that's one of the most important relationships in our life, but do we ever really have conversations with our friends about it, or do we just talk about other stuff? And, and not even in this sense, not even necessarily gossip stuff, but stuff that really isn't that important. Gossip is so much easier because it keeps us from having to be intentional with our relationships. I mean, Scripture tells us that gossip doesn't really benefit us. I mean, I, I, I love eating these, right? But... but 12 pieces is 110 calories. I mean, if you're counting calories, that's, that would be important to know. A, a while ago I was doing that, but I'm not doing that right now. There is like one, two, three, there's four, four numbers with percent signs behind them on this entire package. There is zero nutritional value in a Sour Patch Kid. So though it may taste good, and though I may like eating them, Brandon Buller. It wouldn't bother me either, honestly. Um, <clears throat> but, but that's sort of a fact about food, right? It's, it's a frustrating fact about food. The worse it ta tastes, the better it is for you. Right? Oh, now, I eat salad, um, but I don't eat it because I necessarily like it. I eat it because I know that it's good for me and, and that I should. Like, I'm sitting at a restaurant. It's like, okay, you order whatever, a, a cheeseburger. You get a side with that. What would you like? Oh, I'd love to have french fries. But no, I'm going to get a side salad because I know that that's probably better for me. Not because I would rather eat salad than french fries. Uh, but, but see, gossip is enjoyable. It, it makes us feel better than others. It makes us feel important. It's easy. That's why we like to gossip. That's why it's so difficult not to because the enemy is out there just poking us and poking us. Tell them this story. Tell them that. Let them, they'd love to hear about that. So, so now let's take a look at the effects of gossip. And I know some of you are already in your minds. You know what the effects of gossip 
are because maybe somebody has gossiped about you. Honestly, I I wonder if there would be anybody in the room or, or listening or watching online who have never been gossiped about. And really, we, we, we know how that hurts, but it never seems to register when we're gossiping about somebody else. It, 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 we never really think about how that hurt us when we're then talking about somebody else. It says this in Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Okay, but wait a minute. I'm not a perverse person. I'm not an ungodly person, right? I mean, that's where our mind goes. But, but if we're gossiping, that's us. That's us. A perverse person stirs up conflict. This is what gossip does. It, it separates friends. When you hear gossip from someone else about someone else, have you ever felt closer to that person that they just talked about? I think never, ever, ever, ever has that happened. You never get closer to someone when you hear information about them, whether you would be, care whether it was true or not. You just, you just hear it. Gossip is divisive. It separates close friends. Whenever you hear bad news or negative news about a person or even an organization, right? You read the comments or the... the you read the comments under a, a restaurant's Google page, right? I mean, how do you know that the person uh, that's commenting negatively about deacons um, doesn't own and operate Prados? I, right? We don't know that. But we read things, no matter, and we assume, well, it's on the internet, it must be true, right? Although we think a lot less about that today than we used to. We have to be careful because it is divisive. Now, admittedly, this next illustration is somewhat ridiculous, but I think it applies here. Uh, some of you might remember this. About 10 years ago, a lady claimed she found a cooked finger in her bowl of chili at Wendy's. Does anybody remember that? I see lots of heads shaking, Yes. A lady claimed that she found a cooked finger in her bowl at Chili's, or a bowl, her bowl of chili at Wendy's. It, of course, drew national attention. Uh, in fact, Wendy suffered an estimated $21 million in lost business because of that. I mean, you hear that? Who can go to Wendy's and order chili, whether you think it's true or not? Just the thought in your head But it was just a big scam. It was a husband and wife trying to scam Wendy's for millions and millions of dollars. Now, it was a real finger. Um, Her husband had a coworker at work who had a severed finger for whatever reason. He brought it home. His wife literally cooked it. And then they went to Wendy's and stirred it into her chili. And then off goes that story, right? Sorry, I I wasn't going to give all that information, but... I had the information, you didn't. I did, it, was like a, it was like a juicy morsel. I just Gossip is divisive. Now, if you're a parent of a middle schooler, you know this, right? Because middle schoolers, now I'm not talking about any middle schoolers in this room. Of course not. Um, but, but if you walk down the hallway of a middle school, you'd hear lots and lots and lots and lots of gossip. 
my daughter uh, always referred to it as drama. Because drama is life, right? Now, people just talking about other people, and, and unfortunately, it has real-life consequences. Gossip has real-life consequences. Reputations are ruined because of gossip. Someone makes up a story or hears details incorrectly and, 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 and repeats it. This is why I love the way that we do the prayer chain these days. It's an email. One person makes sure the details are right, and they send it out. In the old days, it was you call so-and-so, so-and-so call so and you know what happens. Before long, your sister-in-law's mother is dead. And she wasn't even the one in the hospital. That actually happened. Just so you know, that's what happens with gossip. And, and that is kind of a ridiculous story, but kids... Kids develop eating disorders in middle school because other students make fun of their weight or how they look. Uh, gossip has real-life consequences. Kids develop depression and anxiety because in middle school they were gossiped about. It's because there's so much gossip in middle school that division comes alongside of it. Hey, hey, John, how's Mary doing? Oh, well, we're not friends anymore. Why? Oh, well, you know, something happened. They did something, or they said something. But of course, it doesn't just stay in, in middle school. It just doesn't stay over here. What, what I find is those middle schoolers, because they, they, they don't get it early enough, they become high schoolers. And then they become college students. And then they become adults. And we behave the exact same way as adults as we did in middle school. But, but now we're just more mature I mean, now we're more responsible with our gossip, right? It's divisive. Uh, think about your business or your organization. One of, the, one of the worst things that happen in an organization is the meeting after the meeting. And we often try and tell board members, look, when you come to a decision in a boardroom, don't have another meeting out in the parking lot about why we shouldn't have come to that decision. You made the decision as a board. That's the decision. And as, as part of being on the board, sometimes you have to support things that you really weren't in support of. That's hard. And, and what happens is, so for instance, hypothetically, um, somebody's in a meeting and uh, the boss comes in and says, hey, we're going to have to raise prices by 10%. Okay, everybody break. And then there's this gathering out at the water cooler and, and people who aren't in charge begin to uh, say things like, uh, uh, or, or they begin to hit up group messages and say things like, man, we're only raising prices so that our boss can get more money. Or she's only raising prices because she's got no idea what she's doing and we're going under, so... Right? And that takes on a life of its own and it's not even true. See, what it does is it causes division. And that's right where Satan wants us. That's why he loves gossip. Because we, we do his work for him. You see, he wants to divide us. Uh, God wants us to be unified. In fact, do you know who the first person to gossip ever was? To, to talk behind somebody's back? I, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think it was Satan. 
I think it was Satan, because in Genesis chapter 3, he's talking to Eve, and this is what he says in verses 4 and 5. You will not surely die. Um, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, he's placing thoughts in Eve's brain, and God's not in the room, so to speak. God's not standing there with them in this conversation. Satan is deceiving, deceiving them. And what happens? Division between God and humankind for the rest of history until Jesus returns. Gossip, gossip is the devil's telephone because whenever you're gossiping, you're just spreading his message. Because he wants us to be divided. God hates division. God deeply desires unity. It's what Jesus prayed for you and for me in the Garden of Gethsemane. You might think, well, wait a minute. Jesus prayed for me in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't recall that. Um, Look up here at John chapter 17. Jesus is praying for us. This is what he says. My prayer is not for them alone, as as he's praying to the Father. Them alone is the disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That's us. He says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are in one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. He then says this, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. We go off of the mission of God when we gossip because it's divisive and he wants us to be unified. He wants us to, I tell this to every couple before we do, as we're doing marriage counseling, you are a team here. You you are becoming a team. Uh, You need to fight what's ever out there together, not stand in here and fight each other. There's plenty going on out there for us to fight against, right? Amen? We need to fight against that together, which means we got we to gotta stop gossip. We have to stop. I get we live in small town, rural western Wyoming, right? I mean, that's like prime real estate for gossip. Did you see Pastor Dave got a new camper? He must have given $30,000 for that thing. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Anybody that drives by my house can see that, although generally with us, it's like, well, who'd he borrow that from? Right? I pulled into Ty's pit stop three times one day, and every time I was driving a different vehicle. Um, But see, that's how it happens. I went to the bank one day, and they're like, oh, we see you got a new refrigerator. It's like, what? (laughs) Yep, sure is. You can see my front door right from the bank teller window. (laughs) Who cares that I just got a new refrigerator? (laughs) But it comes easy. It comes easy. And we engage in it without even recognizing it. whether it's gossiping about your own husband or wife or someone else's, the neighbor's kids, 
your least favorite policeman or politician, the other churches in the county, it doesn't matter. Whenever we gossip, we are creating division. This is what Jesus says, and it's a big claim in this prayer. He says, the world will know me when the world sees a unified church. The church cannot be unified when it's filled with gossip because gossip is divisive. So, so number three this morning is, how do we stop gossip? How do we stop it? Well, gossip is like a wildfire driven by a Wyoming wind. We can all understand that. But like a fire, gossip can actually be put out. Anyone know anything about fire? Yeah, I see that hand. What, what are the three things that a fire must have in order to keep burning? Oxygen, heat, and fuel. Fuel. How do we get rid of gossip? Proverbs 26.20 tells us. It says this, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. You want to stop it? Don't put more wood on the fire. We have a choice. Are we going to add fuel or not? Are you going to add fuel to the fire or not? While gossip can spread fast, it can also be stopped fast. So, the first way we stop gossip is we stop feeding it. If one log is burning, it's only going to burn for a while unless there's additional fuel. It will eventually go out. Are you going to add to it or not? We all have the power and responsibility to stop gossip. Let's all take advice from Smokey Bear. This is what he says. Only you can prevent gossip. I think that's what this passage is saying. It's saying gossip is just like a wildfire. Every single one of us has a part to play in stomping it out. Because every single person here in this room represents a different piece of fuel. Different information, different stories, different attitudes. We can add fuel to the fire. But if we're willing to stop it before it grows, then it will stop. Now, I bet there's people here today who who don't struggle saying gossip. I mean, you just don't struggle with it. And and I'm I'm encouraged by that. Um, But even in gossip, the listener plays a role too. So you may not be a gossiper, but when you're the gossip E, you have responsibility too. Because anything you permit, you're allowing. When somebody says, hey, did you hear, and, and, and you don't say anything, and they go on to tell you anyway, you then become complicit in that gossip because you willingly listen. So another way to stop gossip um, is, is this. I, I want you to implement the 24-hour rule. I heard this for the first time um, this last week. Uh, A church staff of one church, they follow this rule, and I think it's a great rule. They call it the 24-hour rule. Let's say that you're at a meeting, and someone on staff comes up to you after the meeting and says, did you hear that guy in the meeting? I mean, he just went on and on and on and on and on and on. He just wouldn't shut his mouth the whole time. Here's what the 24-hour rule looks like. Uh, As the one who hears that, you would then say, hey, 
have you told that person what you just told me before? And if they say no, then you say, I'm giving you 24 hours. Now, you've told me this. I've now become a part of this. You have 24 hours to go to that person and talk to them about what you just told me. And if you haven't in 24 hours, I'm going to go to them and I'm going to say, this is what this person said. I think you need to talk about them. Talk to them. Okay, I mean, I heard that and I thought, wow, that, that's crazy. I mean, maybe even a little over the top. And, but the pastor said this about that rule. This is what he said. I've worked on staff before we had the 24-hour rule, and I've worked on staff since we've had the 24-hour rule. Which period of time do you think was healthier? It's not even a comparison. Since we've implemented the 24-hour rule, man, the 24-hour rule is like a fire extinguisher, putting out any sparks of gossip that pop up because no one wants to make that walk of shame to someone's office to admit that they were gossiping about them. Think about how much more healthy your relationships would be if you implemented the 24-hour rule. Think, think about how more healthy other people's relationships would be if, if you said, hey, right? This happens all the time. None of us are exempt from this. Here's another way. So implement the 24-hour uh, rule. Here's another way that you can learn to turn the gossip. We need to learn to turn the gossip. Uh, here's what... Here's what this looks like. Let's just say hypothetically, and I mean hypothetically, of course, because this didn't happen. Somebody came up to me last week and said, man, did you see what Pastor Brandon had on last week when he preached? I mean, for crying out loud, does he not have lights in his house? Does, does he not have a mirror in his house? What was he thinking when he put those clothes on? Here's what it looks like to turn the gossip. I would then say, man, I'm so glad you brought Brandon up. I just love having him on staff here. I mean, he's been such a great addition. He works hard. He loves teaching and encouraging our kids. I love his heart for people and for Jesus. He did such a great job leading youth Sunday last week. And, and here's what will happen. That person who's brought gossip to you, they won't quit. They're going to they're gonna make another attempt um, they're going to try one more time to add another log to the fire. They'll say, yeah, I know, but did you see his shoes? Did you see them? And then, and then I would say, yeah, Brandon, he's such a good teacher. He really is gifted in that area. I'm so thankful to have him and Nellie here. You, we've got to learn to turn the gossip. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, that's going to taste good. Nope, not going to make that mistake again. Instead, we say, you know what? Here's something that I really know about that person. It's really good. Um, now, let, let's, so, so we implement the 24-hour rule. I mean, if we do these two things, if we turn gossip, uh, learn to turn it, and we implement the 24-hour rule, um, really, I, the drama in your life will go down. See, my, Brittany, that, that's something about Brittany. She was like, I don't like drama, not going to be a part of it. And she wasn't. She just wasn't. She didn't have that kind of drama in her life because she just wouldn't have anything to do with it. Not going to do it. 
So here's something that you can do if you are someone who frequently gossips. I mean, you've been squirming because you know I'm going to get to it. You're talking, you, you, you make it a habit of talking about other people behind their back. There's a few things that you can do. One of the first things that you can do is this. There are some phrases that we commonly use that rarely, if ever, and, and I want to say rarely because there may be a time or two that, I mean, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but almost never do these words following these phrases honor God. These phrases right here. Don't tell them I told you, but, right? This doesn't leave this room. Or, hey, just between you and me. Right? If you want to stop gossiping, stop using those phrases. If you're someone who struggles with gossip, here's another really simple but really hard challenge. Maybe we should all do this. For the next seven days, okay? For the next seven days, don't talk about anyone who isn't in your presence. Okay? Don't talk about anyone who isn't in your presence. Now, you're going to be shocked at how hard that is. Okay? You'll be shocked at how often we just talk about other people like it's no big deal in our conversations. Try it. For the next seven days, don't talk about other people who aren't present. It's going to make your conversations so much harder. But I guarantee that it will make them better. Harder, but better. Now, but David, what, what if I just need to vent to somebody? Or I'm sure some of you are thinking this. What, what if I just need to get something off my chest about my boss, about my spouse, about my friend? What if I just need to vent? See, the deception with venting is, that's like a super secret word for gossiping. But if we call it venting, it's okay. Right? Venting is gossip just by a different name. But if you're also thinking, David, does that mean we can't ever talk about other people behind their back? No. Okay? I think that would be an overstatement. I think you absolutely can, truly, talk about people behind their backs. But we need to run it through Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And this is what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Gossip doesn't do that. Honoring language does. Trying to work through a tough situation does. But, but generally speaking, if you're working, trying to work through something with somebody else, boy, it, you, we just ought to be careful because that, hey, few weeks ago, somebody, we talked about this at a Bible study, at Bible study. Prayer groups are fertile ground for gossip, right? Oh, we really need to pray for Joe. His marriage is a mess. I mean, I just saw him the other day. He was out drinking in front of the house, and then he started yelling and screaming and stuff. Okay, wait a minute, right? Do I really need to hear all of that information with with embellishment, I could just say, hey, my neighbor's really, I think my, I think my neighbor's really struggling in his marriage. Could we pray for him? Or, or maybe you could just stand in the gap for him without telling anybody and pray for him. But see, we, even in our, even in our caring for someone, 
we can think we have this tasty morsel that somebody else just might want to hear. And then I'm in the know, and now they are. We need to run it through Ephesians chapter 4.29. Okay, now if that doesn't help you enough, I have one more. Okay, and we're going to call this the rule of Siri. Okay, here's, here's the rule of Siri. You're talking to someone, and Siri is listening, and as soon as you say somebody else's name, Siri starts recording. And then when you finish that conversation... Siri sends a message to that person who you were talking to, a copy of the conversation that you just had. Now, if you think the conversation that you're having about somebody is not a conversation that you think that somebody would like to hear, then you better stop talking. That's the rule of Siri. I didn't make that up. I heard it in another sermon. Okay, but, but I'm just like, wow. You wouldn't want them to hear it. You need to stop talking. Let's live our lives by the rule of Siri. Gossip is enjoyable. Gossip is, is divisive. Gossip can be put out. Now, to close, I, I want to show you a picture of my kids. I, I couldn't find the best ones. My oldest with her grandson, Cassandra and Asher, um, my middle boy, Zach, math teacher in Pine Bluffs, also farms in the summer here. Uh, Brittany, uh, social worker at uh, Mart, middle and, and Mart Middle and High School, Mart, Texas, middle school and high school. Anyway. I mean, God blessed us with some great kids. Not perfect lives. I mean, they've got their own struggles for sure. But, but here's the thing. I would, I would do anything for my kids. <clears throat> Hook on a trailer and head to Minnesota, retile a kitchen on Thanksgiving break, drop everything to go fix a house drain or trailer or pickup, do all the, the work of hunting for a car and drive it to Waco, Texas, you name it. Um. This was before the, the threat on Friday, but it was Thursday morning. I think I was taking some stuff to the town dump, and Brittany FaceTimed me, and I ended up... It's really peaceful up there at the town dump. Um, birds singing, green, per, pretty view of the mountains. Anyway, just hearing her heart uh, about how her job just got more difficult, caring for kids... Um, just, you know, prayed with her at the end of that. Now, I would do anything for my kids. Now, I really like you guys, um, but, but I love my kids. And let's just say hypothetically I'm standing out here in the atrium and I overhear you guys talking negatively about one of my children. Um, maybe the way they look or hear some of their friends talking negatively about who they are and their character, that would break my heart that would deeply hurt me because those are my kids. I love them. And, and I got to be honest, I'd be pretty angry with you because who are you to talk about my kids in that way? Now, how often I wonder this week, this last week, did 
our heavenly father who hears everything hear us talking bad about his kids, which is us. How often this week did he overhear you talking about that weird guy at your work or how often and how often was his response? But, but that's my son. I created him. I created him in, in my image. Um, how, how often this week did he hear you talk about that family member who's just a little off? And, and how often was his response, that's my daughter whom I love. That's my son. I sent my son to die for him and for her. And yet, you're making fun of her quirks and her flaws. Is this the game we're going to play? Because if this is the game we're going to play, uh, I can list off all of your flaws and all of your failures and all of your sins, but I've chosen not to, God says. I've chosen to forgive you. Because you're my son. Because you're my daughter. And I've forgiven you for those things. Who are you to talk about her that way? Or maybe you just didn't think I was listening. Here's what we need to remember about our Heavenly Father. He doesn't miss a word. He hears everything. So let's take the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ, seriously as we close this morning. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account. This is Jesus talking on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Praise God, we're not saved by our words. We're saved by grace through faith, not by our works or by our words that no one can boast. But I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But scripture says, Jesus says that we will give an account for every word. Because our words matter. They do. Because our words display the state of our hearts. Scripture says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to guard it. We need to guard our hearts. And, and as far as it is up to us, we need to guard others' hearts too. Just as Brandon looked at last week, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It is the wellspring of our life. So this week, if gossip has been on your tongue, it's likely because the gospel hasn't been on your heart. Because as people who know and love Jesus, we don't gossip about people. We are people who have been forgiven so much, so we forgive much. We don't make light of other people's mistakes because we know that we too have made mistakes. We don't laugh about them falling into sin because we know we've fallen into sin. And yet, in spite of that, we know that God in heaven, our Father in heaven, saw our sin, and you know what he didn't do. Hey, did you hear? Hey, Holy Spirit, did you see what Pastor Dave just did? No, he turned to his son and he sent his son to die for us so that 
all of our faults and failures and sins might be forgiven and that we might be brought into a brand new family. Here's here's what you need to know about your heavenly father. He's not playing games and he's not messing around because he loves his kids and he wants to protect his kids. My prayer is this, that here in the West, our heavenly father won't have to protect his kids from his kids. But instead that we would be people who love dearly, who speak tenderly, and who simply believe the best about each other. May we be family members who throw around grace instead of throwing around stones. Because we're all in this together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the way in which you talk about us and there's so many times in scripture you talk about me and, and I think I don't deserve it and it's true I don't, but you, you love me deeply and you talk about us better than we deserve because we, we fors- we've forsaken you, we, we fail you, we sin, we fall short and yet you call us your children, you call us your sons and you call us your daughters. You say we're dearly loved. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the way that you talk about us. I pray, Father, that 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 would change the way that we talk about others, that, that we wouldn't make light of their sin and laugh at their failures or flaws. Father, instead, help us to believe the best and lift other, other people up. And Father, I, I pray that gossip would not be present in this place. Because my prayer is the same as you prayed 2,000 years ago, that that right before you were about to die, that you prayed that this place would be unified. God, we know that we can't achieve unity when there is gossip. Help us to remove the fuel. Help us to reverse it. God, for those who are struggling with gossip, I pray that, that even though they may feel cut deep right now, I pray that they'd hear the gospel. I pray that they would hear that you that you are gracious and merciful and forgive. Help us to confess and receive your cleansing and your righteousness. And Father, above everything else, I pray that every single person in this room would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that their God is alive, that you are with us, and that you are for us. Because you are. And it's in the power of of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen.